0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leadership Podcast and live show where we interview thought leaders, experts, amazing entrepreneurs, visionary leaders. And today I have the honor to have with me Christina Mandlakiani, who is the co-founder of Mind Valley, But also she's a speaker, entrepreneur. She loves, uh, you know, being an everyday life philosopher. If you follow her on Instagram, you can discover her stories. She writes beautiful, beautiful sharings. And she's also in the philanthropist so christina welcome to the show i'm so happy to have you here thank you so much for
1: having me and for inviting me
0: um it's
1: it's a pleasure to
0: be a guest on the show
1: for a change
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah you also have you interview a lot of uh, interesting people as well I, i guess yes amazing so the reason i wanted to have you on the show is because you have grown you know in so many different ways, you are—you know—a speaker. You're a mother. You are—you're a philosopher. You are entrepreneur. You—you you run, co-run Mind Valley. And I would love to talk about being bold and going for—you know—living your life on your own terms. Because for anyone reading your—you know—Instagram or your stories. We discovered the world of you and you're very authentic in what you're sharing, but I would love to go back and talk a bit more about Christina. Let's say a couple of years ago. Do you remember when you went on this journey? Do you remember a moment when you kind of decided that I'm going to live my life on my own terms?
1: Mm -hmm. You know, uh, As you were asking this question, I was uh, moving back in my life. And my first thought was that, of course, since I have my own business, it's kind of easy to live by my own rules, because uh, even when uh, when my children were born, it was up to me to decide if I want to go back to the office. And, um, you know, if I want to bring my children to the office and change one room into a nursing room. but then I started thinking back. I'm sorry, I'm going to shift a little bit because because the the sun is so unexpectedly bright in Estonia. I hope you don't. No mind. It's a good sign. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't happen in my country. <laughs> yeah. but I'm taken by surprise. Oh my god, we have sun. Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking back. But then I realized that even when I went to my first uh, job. And yeah. my first job was, and I was still in the university and I wasn't just in university. I was actually very active in a student organization. Uh, and I, re- I remember how I came to my uh, employer of that time, uh, fresh out of school, out of university, not yet out even. And I said that, yeah, I'd like to work for you guys because I need money, but I have my conditions because I'm traveling a lot. We have events. I'm going to take, like, I don't care if you uh, insist that I travel on my own expense, but that's what I'm going to do. So I suddenly... Uh, realized that th- this uh, desire to do as i choose has always been there mm. uh, i guess my journey was a little easier because i came from a fairly liberal uh, well background my f- my family is is easy <laughs> my parents were easy with me uh, because they were also uh, in a way, rebels—not rebels, rebels—but rebels, they did—they lived differently from their parents. Mm-hmm. They moved to different places. So I guess uh, I didn't have that aspect of having to actually break down the shackles of the society, of the peers, or anything like that. But my journey was more about uh, me living in integrity with my own. Uh, Values And that is a little bit more complicated. So my journey to myself had more to do with my relationships with myself than with my relationships with the outside world. And I'll try to explain why I'm a perfectionist. I'm the only child of my parents. So because I'm the only child of my parents, I had to do everything right because I can't mess up. Uh, There is no other sibling to (laughs) to be the the good sibling. (laughs) So all all the hopes of both, you know, both, both families uh, as my dad's and my mom's families for me. Um, and I, I'm saying it with a joke, of course, but uh, being a perfectionist um, and being ambitious, uh, of course, I had an idea of what it meant to be uh, a successful person. So my coming out process, <laughs> coming out with my own truth had more to do with me uh, actually um calling myself out on my bullshit mm-hmm. uh, because uh that's the interesting thing about delusion is that we are not aware that we are lying to ourselves we yeah. always have so many beautiful stories why we do what we do so my story was but i need uh, i have to be successful i have to be perfect i have to do everything right mm-hmm. uh and um and society also dictates what it is uh, to be perfect, what to be successful. Uh, and without even questioning, you just uh, you just go full steam on to what you think is right. And then you suddenly realize that that doesn't make you happy. Yeah. And then when you start asking yourself, so why is it that you reach the goal that you've been thinking about, that you've accomplished the success that you've been dreaming about, you are on the pinnacle, you are on the limb. You, you suddenly feel that you're not uh, content that you're not happy that it didn't give you what you thought you would be having at that time and that's that's what my journey was about just uh, being honest with myself and saying i was I was chasing the wrong girl goals that wasn't yeah. about me
0: yeah yeah and you mentioned something that um, I can relate to a lot is about learning to understand that everything is negotiable you know it, even when you came to the employer in the first time you're saying those are my values and those this is what how I how I wanted to be and actually I, want, I can relate that to my mentor I met when I was 17 that I worked for the only company I ever worked for four years was a family business and they were small business owners and they taught me this philosophy that everything is negotiable everything everything so if you have you know if someone comes as a business owner, they don't have all the answers. So if you come and you can back up why, you need your holidays or you want to travel with the van and you show up in your work there is no reason i will say no and i love that you mentioned that because for me that that came from my mentor it didn't come naturally from my education because i'm the only entrepreneur in my family but um you mentioned also your your parents do you remember that if you had um know, because it's about cultivating those values and cultivating that philosophy that everything is negotiable you know everything everything can be convert have a conversation and everything is re- it can be readapted and recreated together because that's what you basically came in and did um do you remember any people get guidance that you had growing up you know you mentioned your parents but did you have any mentors any uh, role models or someone that you followed that inspired you to go for that um
1: that's an interesting question. <laughs> I was brought up in Soviet Union. So my early role models were not the kind of people I would admire right now. Yeah. So you can even say I was brainwashed, <laughs> but yeah. um Of course, I admire people, but I've never, I've never, people ask, uh, often ask who who is the celebrity or who's the accomplished person or historical figure you'd like to to meet? And I'm always puzzled with that question, I don't know. But almost every person that I meet, I uh, am trying to see what uh, I can admire in that person, especially that I interview so many people. Uh, So I'm in the habit of looking for something to admire in those who are in my life, rather than uh, looking up for, uh, for role models from outside and it's it's a weird thing I know in in uh, our niche and among entrepreneurs and successful people it's not a common attitude Mm -hmm. uh of course vision has been uh, to a great degree my mentor uh, in a funny way we've we've been married for those who don't know me very well or don't know vision vision is my ex-husband and he's the founder of mind valley and I was uh, along (laughs) the journey for a long time but we divorced uh, recently uh, a few years ago we're still friends so uh he was was a, a mentor to me to a great degree mostly because mm-hmm. i came from a different universe i came from soviet background and i was 14 when soviet union collapsed so um, for me the the western world was something to uh to get to know yeah. uh, for example he pushed me to go uh, to study in uh, in a uh, university in scotland i studied in edinburgh uh and uh he, for him it wasn't even a question he was like of course apply and go uh, for me it was like, like Flying to the moon, I, I asked what do you mean, apply? Like, Who's going <laughs> to talk to me? <laughs> I, I came from a completely different yeah. uh, world. Yeah. So he has been pushing me. Uh, because of him, I ended up in business as well. Because uh, when I grew up, business people were criminals. Uh, because <laughs> entrepreneurship in Soviet Union was criminally punished. So in, in a great degree, but I wasn't searching for him as a role model. I just happened to be married to him, and <laughs> I learned, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that that's about uh, about role models but when yeah. it comes to uh to to dictating my own rules yeah. if you can say dictating or, or setting the boundaries um i guess i have to say great thanks to my parents for understanding but uh i went into work life when i was 14 mm. uh, and uh, my first job i got when i was still studying university uh so i was covered. I didn't need to, I didn't have uh, uh, any debts to pay, any mortgage mortgage or responsibilities. I didn't have family. I didn't have children. I mean, I had my parents. Um, So at that time, uh, I wasn't afraid to say that that's my conditions. I want to work. I want to earn extra money, but I still value what I have. And the, the other half of my life is still I value it enough that I'm willing to give up that idea of earning extra money uh, to keep what is important for me. And because I set up like this, I always, it, you know, it's like um, uh, when you set the train going, it will just keep going on those same rails. So I never questioned if that was the right thing. I guess this desire to compromise or the fear of asking comes when you start being afraid of losing the job and that was always something that I I used to say that I'm not afraid to lose my job but then again I I started when I didn't have responsibilities I get it how people are afraid because they have a family to support and they have uh, children to send to school and and the apartment or the house to pay for so I I get that the thing is that it is uh, it is uh hindering us from growing to to great degree because we don't do things we we might do because we are so scared of losing what we have and we have to remind ourselves over and over again uh, people in the west not everywhere but people in the west especially in europe we have to remind ourselves that even if you risk everything and you lose everything you're most likely not going to end up on the street yeah. So maybe we should have a bit more courage because even the family is going to support you. And, uh, and you're, m- maybe you're afraid that your spouse will not understand how, what do you mean you're giving up your stable job for a dream, yeah. but m- maybe we should ask. There are so many, when I was uh, divorcing a very successful uh, man, of course, I am I, still scared sometimes. <laughs> how can I manage by myself? But, I trusted that people will not some some people shot me down but others understood and they understood that certain values are important important enough that practical and rational can be sacrificed for for what is important to you
0: yeah absolutely and you touch upon the point that Fear. And I've been thinking about fear a lot lately because you mentioned that in the Western world, we have this fear, which is not rational because we will most likely, like you mentioned, we will most likely not end up on the street. We are most likely have some type of security system, either by the government or by our families. I mean, there's so much we have and even what we have, if we just, you know, strip down our income costs and the luxurious parts of our of our life. We're still going to be able to kind of run with it for a while. But fear um, many times is seen as a warning signal. And I want to talk a bit about you know this fear of overwhelm, fear of doing things that you don't know, fear of being always in that moment, in the edge of what you, what you understand, in the edge of, can I really do this? And I'm like, am I getting into a bit too much here? And that fear, many times we stop. You know, when we get into that overwhelm, I'm feeling a bit dizzy. But I start to feel like that fear is actually a sign of growth. Mm -hmm. And that fear on the other side, that's where the magic happens. On the other side, that's when we, we talk about expanded vision in our company a lot, about expanding your reality by, you know, thinking bigger, thinking, not getting into the tunnel vision, but expanding. But many times I see people getting they stop here because they oh oh i i am afraid so i'll stop here because they're afraid of burnout or they're afraid of you know something and i do feel like if you strip down and you take away what you don't want the burn will not happen if you just keep the best things and you go and you jump in and then you take away what you don't long your need because you cannot keep everything with you to the next stage of your life <laughs> then that's growth happens so what do you how do you feel about fear because for me fear is becoming one of the most exciting parts of me you know my own growth of like and I want to play with fear I want to dance with fear how do you manage fear in your life
1: Uh, well there I think fear is a very overarching term in fact there are so many different um, uh, facets to that emotion also so so many different shades to that emotion and there are types of fear which i welcome and there are types of fear which uh, i'd like to avoid yeah. so uh, to what you're saying um Harbecker, uh he, he's super super smart person he says that uh, your success is equal to the size of your comfort zone and obviously when we're getting out of comfort zone we are uh, feeling a certain type of fear um it, and it may be just excitement. Excitement is also a type of fear, but with breath apparently, <laughs> mm-hmm. or it may be, uh, or it may be some kind of. Um, uh, you know, maybe you're just tense and it's not fear per se, but you are uh, concerned or or not sure, or there are, as I said, there are so many different facets. The point is that if you are doing things which are not very comfortable, uh, that's how you grow and that's how you uh, reach success. And that's exactly what Harbeke was saying, that your success is uh, equal to the size of your comfort zone, the size of your success. So the bigger your comfort zone, the wider your comfort zone, the the, uh, more success you will achieve. And your comfort zone obviously Grows when you do things which you're not comfortable with. Uh, so for me, every time I feel fear, we, whichever aspect of it, I just tell myself, "Okay, I'm investing into my success." success to the point oh. that I don't like dentists. Even when I go to the dentist, I tell myself, "Okay, I'm investing into my success." I, I know love it's not that, the
0: same,
1: but it makes me feel a little better. Yes, yes. <laughs> not exactly what what Harv was saying, but still, it helps. Um, so. The thing that, uh, with fear is that, uh, first of all, uh, it is often exaggerated. I like Mark Twain. He says, I had 100 problems in my life. I, I, I like the saying by Mark Twain. He said, I had 100 problems in my life and 99 never happened. So most of the time, fear lives in the future. We are worried about something which we do not know if it will happen or not, but we are worried about that. And mm-hmm. that's where fear comes from. Uh, so. Usually when we get there it's something else we can't uh, project ourselves into the future and take into account everything which is going to change and. uh, You yourself is going to change when you're in the future, so we project ourselves into the future let's say even a year from now, and we imagine it from our current uh, circumstances not taking an account that what is leading up to that future will change you and will change the circumstances and what will happen there is going to be different from what we see how we see it here uh, there is research that even shows that our reaction to negative events is very different from what we imagine it from uh the present moment when it mm. happens into the future so we have to understand that our projection of what is going to happen is usually mistaken mm. and that um And that doesn't say that that, that the bad case scenario is not going to be painful. It might or it might not. And uh, worrying about it right now is ridiculous. It's like what Mark Twain said, 99 of my 100 problems never even happened. So uh, I, I would suggest that acting despite fear, nevertheless, Of course, there are situations which are dangerous for your life. And I'm not a huge fan of risking your life just for the sake of uh, pushing your comfort zone. Uh, But I I can tell you, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of super successful people uh, are just like everybody else. And if we think that you need something extra special to be successful, usually you just need to act. Usually you just need to step out of the uh, house and go onto that journey. And that will take you somewhere. Most of super successful people are not uh, massively wise (laughs) or massively educated. What makes them uh, different from us is that they have the guts to do the things that they think are important, that that's the only thing that gets them to the success. Not, uh, Not some crazy education or smarts. That's not the case. A lot of very smart people are actually uh, very average in their life achievements uh, because they may be over calculating and, and yeah. too smart to go into things. Uh, and uh, just one thing, you know, we, when we go into business, we sometimes think that it's going to take all our time and all our health and, and we'll have to make choices, but that's not the case. We are forgetting that in business risk taking pays and we often think that it's the time that i'll put into business it's the sacrifice that i'm willing to do for the sake of business that will bring me the benefit but that's not true are you willing to take the risk risk pays in business time pays in employment so Mm -hmm. if you think that your success in business depends on how much time you're uh, putting into that then you're mistaken you are Mm -hmm. Being, you you you're trying to get employed by your own uh undertaking and yes if you're willing to pet, put, a, put 10 12 hours into a business good but pay for that this is you know uh salary or or our let's say certain dollars per hour this is the realm of employment and salary and and you can go and work for a company if that's your uh, equation business is risk-taking and if yes. we remember that then it is not it it doesn't equal time spent on it yeah of course a lot of people if they're passionate about their business they spend a lot of time into that but you don't burn out when you do something you're passionate about and um it's, it's your choices. But if you're going into business to be successful, to achieve a goal, to solve a problem, then just remember that entrepreneurship means you're willing to take the lead. You're willing to take the risk. You're willing to find people who are going to help you, who are going to work with you. And it is not time, uh, necessarily time and your health and and sacrifices.
0: Yes. And I love that you mentioned it's you know, the, the idea of taking risks doesn't have to be time consuming and being an entrepreneur doesn't have to be consuming. And the fear of actually going for one thing is many times stopping us from taking away all this noise that we don't need anymore. So if you look at, you know, you know what you want to go for. You have the gut telling you, this is, this is the one thing I really feel And then the logical mind and the fear comes in and you're like, but what What? if that doesn't work? I can add this and this and this and this and this to my list. And then that's when you start to feel overwhelmed. But if you sit down with yourself and you actually listen, what is that fear I want to go for? that that good fear that you mentioned that, you know, taking that risk, which is calculated risk, but still a risk and going for it and taking away everything else that's where I see often that you know if we just listen to that one that one thing that feels right and just get rid of everything else we don't need to answer all the emails we don't need to do all these things we don't need to read all the books and get this extra certificate and and just you know go for that gut feeling I love that so much do you do any um practices you mentioned that you know you're saying i'm investing in myself when you go to the dentist or you're doing stuff is there <laughs> any other way that you have seen been helping you to cultivate that courage so you know as you would t- say, uh, say uh, talking right now i
1: had this image which i wanted to share with you guys um so i did a training with Harvard and enlightened warrior training camp and that was all about overcoming your fear i did it long time ago when i was still a little more care- carefree so um So that helped. And since then, I've I've been uh, a rather courageous person. Maybe I was courageous before. I don't know. But (laughs) I had this vision in my mind. You were saying that sometimes we get overwhelmed and our fear increases because we get the feeling of overwhelm. Uh, I remember I was doing tightrope exercise once. And uh, tightrope, of course, you understand logically that it's not scary. But when you are, let's say, five or six meters above the ground uh, on the tightrope and you've never walked on a tightrope, of course, you have all the securities and you understand what you're doing. You kind of get scared just seeing where you are and what you're about to do yeah. and that's overwhelming and i remember as we were doing the tightrope exercise once uh the trainer said who's who wants to try it uh, blindfolded and wow. being an idiot as i am i said of course i want to try it blindfolded so they blindfolded me and i was climbing up the tree and i suddenly realized that doing it blindfolded was five times easier than doing it with my open eyes. Because what happened was, is as I'm climbing up the tree, all I can feel is my, t- my body and the tree. And I don't see, am I high, am I low? low? I might be just, well, just half a meter above the ground or I might be 10 meters above the ground. It feels the same because all I'm focusing on is climbing up the tree, my hands, the whatever I was using to climb up the tree. And then on the tightrope, it was the same. I wasn't scared because I couldn't see how high I was, how far I have to go. All I could focus on was my body and the the ropes. And I needed to move in a certain direction. And it wasn't scary at all. Mm -hmm. You can experiment with that, if you're afraid of heights, you can uh, ask your friend to take down, uh, uh, blindfolded somewhere and, and then open your eyes. You will feel absolutely safe while your friend is holding your hand. The moment you open your eyes and you're looking down, let's say a cliff or whatever, uh, hopefully it's a safe place where you have a really, <laughs> and, and suddenly you feel fear and you understand that you feel fear because you, your picture is too complete and maybe maybe in our everyday life we have to it's good to see the complete uh, it's good to see a big picture of course it's good to see how far you're going and it's good to have your goals set for the uh, you know 10 years 30 years end of your life it's good but in the everyday life don't stress about that you know I knew my exercise I could see it from the ground I have to climb up the tree and cross the tightrope to the other side that's my task and now I'm blindfolding and climbing and I'm not stressing about the big picture am i 40 percent there or am i 60 percent there it doesn't matter as long as i'm enjoying the process of of climbing so i think with with life it's the same we're sometimes we're sometimes overcomplicating matters because we have to understand that all those unpleasant feelings they live in the future and in the past fear is in the future we're worried about something that might happen might not happen, might happen and we might not even react to it this way. Yeah. We are upset about things which that, that had happened that we can't change anymore, uh, rather than focusing on the moment because that's the only time where things are happening and that's the only time where you actually don't feel anything unpleasant because it's it's you can't be worried about about this moment you know where you are you're alive you're breathing you're here and maybe yeah. maybe the next moment something horrible is going to happen but deal with that when you're there you know as as a, a practice I don't have many practices I just do things when I say yes I don't think about how I'm going to feel about that and very often when I get there I'm like oh why did I have to do that <laughs> and I know that I will feel this way yeah. but when I'm Yes, I'm thinking of the benefit of doing certain things. When I said yes for the first time to speak at AFES stage, which was terribly scary, I knew it was good for me. It would move me in my direction, but I didn't focus on how scared I'm going to be when I'm there. Of course, the week before the speech, I didn't eat. I was spending half of my day in the bathroom. I lost a kilo per day running up to that big event, but I had already committed and there was no way out. Yes. That's that's how I deal with fear. But for a pleasant practice, I suggest you read the uh, book, Lord of the Rings. It's a super long book, but it is exactly like an entrepreneur's journey. The guy comes out of the house and there is no turning back. And he doesn't even know what's going to happen to him and who's going to help him and who's going to stab him. And you don't know. And you're walking with this journey. And that that is, uh, I know it's it's a fairy tale. And alec alleg- God, I can't pronounce this word in English, (laughs) allegorical story. But the truth is that that's how our life is. You don't know where the dragon is. You don't know where this uh, scary Mordor is. You don't know if you're even going there. (laughs) And then when you're going there, you find out that you're making rounds there because. But it doesn't matter at the moment. At the moment, what matters is that you're stepping out of the house and you're embarking on that journey and you are not turning back. And the beautiful thing about this book is that there is a battle and then the next thing they're feasting and singing and and that's how life is. Yes, Yes. there are hard times, but you may be sure that after the hard times, you're going to have a moment to rest and to catch your breath and to step out again.
0: Yes. And celebrate, you mentioned the feast, (laughs) <laughs> Celebrate when you get to that point. Don't second guess and start asking you the question, will I keep it? Will it happen? Because that also happened, you know. We we are so good at getting into this fear zone of like Oh my God! What if something goes wrong? But what if something goes right? What if actually it's gonna work out? What if actually you're gonna be feeling so amazing on stage that that's the only thing that you ever wanted to do? You know, I had the same feeling with going the first time on stage and like trembling and and realizing that actually it wasn't that scary. It was amazing, you know. And then you and many things that we do they're much more scary in our mind. And I love the blindfold metaphor. Well, with actual going up and climbing, I'm afraid of heights. I kind of like that idea of trying it. (laughs) Um, and um, paragliding because we live next to the ocean so paragliding and opening my eyes that can be a very interesting experience Um, but I'm thinking you know when you mention blindfold what I think about here is calming your mind and this is why I feel meditation and sitting with yourself and grounding yourself is almost an Must, if you want to be going to that risk, because if you cannot hear your own voice, the the decisions you will take will be based on fear, not on courage and to Mm -hmm. cultivate courage, you have to blindfold yourself and get yourself out of that noise so you can hear yourself you know and take away that 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 attention with social media can be sometimes or emails coming in there's all this noise right so i love that idea and i for the ones listening and watching there are many ways that you can blindfold yourself to get into a state where you realize that in the present moment actually everything is perfect everything is perfect you're not in risk you're not in fear and it's amazing i Absolutely love talking to you, Christina, about all this and being bold and courageous and going for it. And there's so many great messages for the ones listening and watching and also things that you can do right now. So I love that. If you listen to this and you're watching this, do make sure to go back. And start activate this into your life, you know, play with it, implement it, have a go with it. Now, when you go out and you are going to take a risk, think, how can you say that you're investing in yourself right now? You're investing in entrepreneurship because because entrepreneurship is, it's a beautiful journey. It's, I, I, for me, it's, it's one of the most amazing journeys that I have the, 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 the choice that I've taken to to go on that journey and I love that what we can do with it so but if we make it fun if we make it bold if we make it we can live all emotions we can live all experience we can expand our vision we can expand our life and our impact but that requires us to go blindfolded and jump and enjoy the ride enjoy that process of actually not knowing what the next step is. We have this vision, like you mentioned, the vision is so important, but we are walking blindfolded. We are walking blindfolded. We don't know what's gonna be the next step, but everything is going to work out. Everything's gonna be perfect if we keep walking. That's the most important lesson. Is there anything else that you would like to add for our listeners and our, our, our ones watching this episode? You know, we were supposed to
1: talk about authenticity in reality, we were talking about, talked about courage, but it's okay. I don't mind. I actually know I can say something about it. Uh, And also, you mentioned uh, your fear of heights. So I'll give you another analogy. Uh, My first uh, jump is a parachute. And it's about courage and about, um, not about blindfolding, actually, it's a slightly different technique. Uh, I... Knew I had to do that because Vishen uh, Vishen shared that he had done that. And I'm like, okay, he's going to push me out of the plane. I know, (laughs) I'd better have the parachute on me. So when when we set the time, uh, I was so afraid. I didn't even dare to plan anything beyond the jump. I knew statistically it's a safe sport. Uh, So I I did a tandem jump. Uh, So statistically it's safer than um, scuba diving, 15 times safer. People don't even realize. And we are okay with people scuba diving, but skydiving is 15 times safer. Uh, You're safer skydiving than driving to the drop zone. So I knew all of the statistics, but of course I didn't dare to plan anything because I thought, of course I'm going to die. (laughs) I mean, jumping out of the plane, (laughs) who wouldn't? So it It, it was a paralyzing fear and I remember the whole time, as we were driving there, I was thinking, I can, I can cancel, I can cancel. I was uh, getting trained. I was like, okay, I'll do the training, but I, I don't have to go into the plane. So I get dressed. I was like, I can get dressed. I don't need to get into the plane. So I'm in the plane already with a parachute on me, and I'm thinking. I maybe I can still land with a plane and step out of the plane like all normal people. So I'm standing there and I'm my brain doesn't work there is just 4000 meters or 12,000 feet for Americans (laughs) down down there I can't even see the land. Uh, And I'm paralyzed it seems like that's the end of the world because I had not planned anything beyond that it's just this emptiness and fear. And then they kick me out of the plane obviously like everybody and. In one step, one step, I suddenly feel that I'm flying. I feel so exhilarated. It's like, oh my God, I can fly. So when the guy tells me, you have to pull the shoot, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not ready. I want to fly. He's like, idiot, you have to pull. <laughs> <laughs> Were you alone? Did you have someone with you? No, no, I had the guy. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. It was safe. I knew it was safe. My brain knew it was safe, but my body rejected the idea that it was safe. What I'm trying to say is that the feeling... Uh, uh, not the feeling, but between your paralyzing fear where you feel that's the end of the world and you feeling that you're flying and you actually can fly, it's just one step, one step. So whether you're blindfolded, where somebody kicks you uh, out of the plane by kicking your ass, it doesn't matter. (laughs) The matter is to make this one step, just out of the door and make this one step. Don't even think, even if you're on autopilot, even if you're about to fade, just make this one step and you'll fly. And
0: then the fear will change. Yes, and then yes, and you, it's so funny that you mentioned that you wanted to keep flying. Like now, just keep me this way. And oh, I'm I'm feeling that this this whole episode is gonna reconvert me into going for heights and blindfold and jump from planes, <laughs> which I completely completely love because it's um, it's such a great metaphor for uh, entrepreneurship. It's absolutely is, you know, one step at a time, just keep going, just keep going. And then you might realize that actually you enjoy flying. <laughs> you actually enjoy that state. It's a state that we need to visit. And we can start to call it our home. We can start to call it this is actually the natural state. I don't need to live in fear. I don't need to worry. I can live in the state of bliss. I can live in a state of trust that things are going to work out in my favor so it's absolutely wonderful and yes we did not touch so much on authenticity but I do feel that we touched on it in the, in our conversation and uh, there are many lessons um, that are taken away from this and I think fear is one of the most important
1: Can I share something else? Because it suddenly came to my mind. Absolutely. Uh, I actually came to that when I had this experience in my business life. I had a business partner uh, and I had... A feeling that it was not working out, and it took me years before I, uh, I got the courage to split up with her, because yeah. I was I was scared I was scared of of a conflict of uh, sharing the business of um, you know it, it's it's not an easy thing sometimes, so yeah. we have those decisions in our life and we are afraid of them, and we think that it is so scary. So how ca- how I came to the uh, to the metaphor of of uh, me jumping out of the plane I mean I actually jumped out of the plane was because it took me three years to make a decision to separate from my business partner and I was literally doing it almost on autopilot. I was like I have to do, I forced myself to say let's split up yeah. and, and I was so scared but the thing is that the moment I sent out that message and I said I think we should separate I suddenly felt like flying. So the thing with fear is that often we are not afraid of the change and the decision per se, we're afraid that we have to face that choice and to make the decision. So what makes it scary is the fact that I have to make this decision. So I'm going to push it off. I'm going to be afraid of that. But the moment you know, the moment you even know the worst scenario, the moment that you know that you have to uh, declare bankruptcy, suddenly life becomes easy and you feel like you're flying and you find extra energy to move on because nothing in business, in life is the end of the world except death itself. Yes. So if, if you have to break up with the business partner, if you have to declare bankruptcy, if you have to close down a project, it's the moment you make this decision, the decision that you're putting off, that you're so scared of, you suddenly realize that fear was about that choice, not about the scenario of what's going to unfold afterwards. Yeah. You're going to be okay, most likely. And more than likely, you're going to actually feel relief because you will, uh, you will uh, take out the energy out of, out of the um, indecision, out of the uh, desire not to make this decision and you will free up that energy and you'll find, you'll, you're most likely going to feel that you have wings, even if you are scared.
0: Yes. And being in that state, naturally, the way you're going to show up, you know, in, to, in your interviews, with your clients, with your team, in partnerships it's going to empower others. It's going to create a ripple effect of courage. Because if we lead by fear, we are also leading our team into thinking fear-based. And we are if you have clients, if you know many of, of our listeners are their coaches consultants, so they have clients to work with. But if they are living in fear, how are they showing up in the, you know, in their coaching, in the advice they're giving to their clients, in the advice they're giving to their team, in the advice they're giving to their partners? If we live in fear, then all our interactions are going to have a fear element. If we try, and I mean, it's always a question of choice and trying, we all get into fear. But if we try to live in courage, we try to live in trust that it's going to work out, then our interactions and our decisions and our people are going to feel that and i think that that's what's so powerful about mind valley that your teams your you know your the employees and the all the people involved in the community there's a courage around mind valley and there is a courage as you know going for and taking risks and trying new grants and exploring and see what's possible And that is not only inspiring the teams, not inspiring the client, but inspiring the whole community, the online community, the offline community. And I think that's, it's a state that doesn't only impact us. It impacts everybody who gets the chance to be around us. So yeah. Absolutely. I love this conversation. Is there where can people find more about you, Christina? Where can people explore your world and learn more about courage and living on their own terms and authenticity and all the beautiful work that you're doing?
1: Uh, thank you. So, obviously, you can find me in Mind Valley, but I'm just a co founder and one of the authors. So, there will be other people there as well. But once in a while, you'll see me there. Uh, unless you speak Russian, then you'll see a lot of me. <laughs> and uh, uh, alternatively, of course, I have uh, my Instagram, Christi- Christina Mund, but Christina is written with a K. Uh, and you just can find me on, on Instagram, and uh, that's
0: where I share my everyday life philosophy. <laughs> Wonderful. We're going to share all the links below so you guys can discover her world and please do connect with her and share what you you know, took away from this conversation. Tag Christina so that she knows that you are taking action. You're acting just a small step every day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being here with us today and thank you Christina for being on the show. Thank you.